0: Love Talk Radio. You got to accentuate the positive feeling. minate the negative, latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. You got to spread joy up to the maximum. Bring gloom down to the minimum. Have faith. A pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you, our listening audience, with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness challenges and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Sotari Life Skills Institute. And in case you cannot listen to the entire broadcast, you can visit my website at prosperitylifecoach.com for more coaching resources. Today, our show topic is the Affordable Care Act, what you need to know. And uh, the Affordable Care Act is a very hot topic, um, something that is a buzz and a lot of people want answers to. So I'm very grateful uh, to have with us today Gregory A. Lisnevich, And uh, we do want to welcome him to our show. He is co-founder and executive vice president of Healthcare Insurance Solutions of America. He is a licensed insurance advisor and corporate benefit consultant. He has over 27 years of experience in the areas of business and insurance. Healthcare Insurance Solutions of America helps people across the country with their insurance needs, including healthcare reform, and assisting seniors in their planning for Medicare supplements, retirement, and estate needs. Gregory's career began in the garment industry, where he gained his sales, marketing, and advertising experience. He transitioned into the finance industry, working with Paul C. Martin and Company. He gained exposure to the corporate insurance arena, and finance field as an advisor in investments and most most, uh, forms of insurance. He became a leading corporate benefit consultant. He later opened his own consulting firm called G&L Consultants. While working on Long Island, he was asked to be executive vice president of Capital Solutions Corporation, Where he still has an advisory position and works with major companies, including associations. While working in the insurance field, Gregory aligned himself with the building industry in New York and joined Long Island Builders Institute, a multi billion dollar association and one of the most powerful in the state of New York he is endorsed as the corporate insurance consultant for the building industry and sits on the board of directory for LIBI where he still serves and works with local and state government officials in an advisory or in an advisory, I'm sorry, in an advisory capacity of business development and awareness in 2012 Gregory earned a position with Colonial Benefits in Sunrise, Florida as an agency development manager and continues to excel in the insurance field while expanding and reaching out to others, helping them to meet their insurance needs. Gregory, thank you so much for being on our show today.
1: Not a problem. Nice to talk to you, Katrina.
0: Thank you, and I'm so excited to have you here today because you and I uh, we were having a conversation about um, the Obama Care Act or um, the uh, Affordable Affordable Care Act, and and we were talking. I was saying to you that there are so many parts of this legislation that. That people are not aware of or don't understand, and you volunteered to come on today and to help simplify it as much as possible, because it is a, a pretty complicated um, act. <laughs> but That's I'm an not...
1: understatement, but yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is a complicated act. <laughs> yes.
0: So, Gregory, I'm going to start off by asking you to please tell us something, about, even though I, you know, I read that information, tell us something about yourself.
1: Uh, basically, um, um, I have a background in corporate insurance. I've had it for 27 years. Um, I probably, between my associates and myself and the brokers that have worked for me, insured probably hundreds of thousands of people um, through the East Coast as well as across the country with national accounts. Um, be that as it may, um, we've got to learn all the ins and outs about the healthcare industry, um, i 've worked with presidents of companies in the healthcare industry um, i 've also worked with designing programs for associations um, in New York and for also for companies as well so i I have that background whereas the average agent does not have um, but I try to make things as simple as possible for people to understand because you know life could be complicated and w- the last thing we need in life right now is more complications, which is the reason why I agreed to be on your show.
0: Thank you. One of the things that we are going to uh, do today, and, and this, is, this is something that we do quite often on our show, is we're going to go through the vocabulary of this Affordable Care Act um, because the vocabulary of um, the industry, is this is, a, this is an industry, and, and the uh, vocabulary is so important. And I believe that once we understand the vocabulary, we are better able to, you know, to make choices. Now I'm going to ask you about your your credentials. Uh, you are a CBC and a, a oh, oh um, a CBC and a a l a license. You know what? I don't want to
1: mess it up, so I'm going to <laughs> okay. Ask, i will ask you about your uh, basically credentials. my backgrounds. I have I have three designations. I have I'm a corporate benefit consultant. Uh, that gives me the ability to go into any corporation and basically look and design programs from scratch. Um, whether it's uh, five employees or 2,000 employees, it, it doesn't make a difference. Um, LIA, I'm a licensed insurance advisor. And in that capacity, um, I'm licensed, I'm regulated by every state in the United States to have a due diligence to be ethical and to make sure I give the correct information. Um, by law. Uh, and my last de- designation, I'm an ADM. I'm also an agency development manager. I help people develop um, agencies as far as getting recruiting brokers, training them, and making sure they understand what they're selling so they don't mislead the public. And that's, my, that's my forte.
0: Okay, thank you. All right so let's start off by i'm um, going to ask you how would you define the Affordable Care Act or uh obama the Ob- Obamacare, which is the same thing interchangeable
1: okay basically the affordable care act is is it's simple it's broken the It's broken down to three categories. Um, The first category is to cover people with pre-existing conditions. There are people out there that cannot get health insurance at all, period, with pre-existing conditions, um, because once they put it on their application, they're turned down. That was one of the major concerns. The other major concern was to make it accessible to all Americans, um, that made another ma- major milestone to make it availability to people that can't can't get it. Um, affordability, affordability is is on top of everybody's mind today. How can we make something affordable that everybody needs? Um, so the goals for um, the Affordable Care Act are are monumental, and I feel are in the right direction. I mean it's it's a great it's a great um, it's a great act and hopefully, you know, eventually someday it'll come through.
0: Okay. And I think another thing that I like about um you know, the Affordable Care Act and what it's um designed to do, at least in theory and, you know, hopefully in, in, in practice, is um it's gonna close up the, the donut hole for seniors. Um yes. Yeah, who um who have that problem with um having too much having, what, too much um, need at the, end of, at the end of their coverage. Is that, is that right?
1: Well, what happens, let me explain that. Let me go a little depth. Um, there is what they call a donut hole. A donut hole is once seniors hit a deductible, I mean a, a, a certain amount of bills, which is about $2,700 worth of bills, then they have a bill, they have $2,700 they have to lay out, and then they're covered at 90%. Little by little over the last couple of years, they've been filling it in where it's getting smaller and smaller. It was higher at one point, and eventually we wanted to do away with that whole donut hole that seniors don't have to worry about prescriptions for the rest of their lives. Um, that's part of the act, where they, and it's been part of legislation for a while. Hopefully, it'll go through. Um, I don't see anybody arguing that that part, and I hope I see good things happening out of that.
0: Okay. All right. And um, when does it take effect?
1: Everything su- according to law as of today, it takes effect 2014, which is in January. Um, depending on new legislation that's being trying to be passed today, that just came out this morning, there may be a moratorium on it or a waiting period. Um, they haven't decided yet Um We'll find out more on Tuesday, um, but that doesn't mean it's stopping. It, it, that people are still going forward. That people are still trying to make everything work. So don't discourage. I don't want people to get discouraged to think that oh, we're going to lose this. We're going to lose that. It, it's not. It's a process, and unless you understand that everything in government goes through stages. Just because you take one thing out doesn't mean you lose another thing. Um, There are steps, baby steps, being made right now as of this day and for the last three years to go forward. So, like I said, it's going to start 2014. It's a law. And like I said, it's what's going to happen as of that date. We don't know as of right today, as of now. We'll know more on Tuesday
0: okay a lot, a lot is still uh, changing and in process
1: mm-hmm. now
0: i know that um i've been reading a lot about uh the um of, um about this act and um and on tuesday october 2nd i believe is when the marketplace is supposed to be open uh to the public for them to begin to Um, choose, um, you know, begin to, to, uh, the process of selecting a a, a provider. Um, And we're going to go through that uh, terminology as well. But in October, um, in a few days, in October 2nd, um, the marketplace is going to be open for people to start shopping for insurance. Is, Is that right? Ideally, so um, actually, supposed October first.
1: October first, it's supposed oh. to be open. Um, but like I said, here again, it, we're we're sitting on pins and needles, waiting. Um, we we are we do have navigators and we have people in place to help people to assist them, so they're not you know alone and they're not you know don't know what to do. Um, it's it's going to be an easier process than people think. And I, that's one of the reasons why I agreed to be on the show. And uh, you know, you did ask me any questions you have because I know you, want, you have a list of questions.
0: <laughs> so you spoke to navigators. Um, what? Who are navigators, or what are navigators, and what is their purpose? Because these are words that once we start, once once you and I start talking and saying these words, people are going to start hearing these words or people have already started hearing these different buzzwords and and may not be clear on what they mean.
1: Okay. Navigators are basically people that will navigate you or help you get to the website, whether it be in a library, a school, church, um, an insurance broker, to help you get to a site to input your information to see what you would qualify under the different Exchanges, or what is called now the marketplace, and what type of money you would get back in subsidies or a tax credit. Um, I know I'm throwing a lot of words out at you, but the key thing to the Navigators are that they're there to help you. Hold your hand and basically walk you through the process to make life a lot easier. It, it would be like having an attorney sitting there, Um, except not charging you $400 an hour, but having an attorney sitting there and telling you this is what you have to do, this is where you have to go, we're going to walk you through it, and these are your options, and they're going to help you, uh, educate you to help you make the correct option.
0: Okay, okay, thank you. And with these navigators, each state, um, now my understanding is that each state will have um a little different process of um of um navigating through um the marketplace is that correct
1: well yeah well what happens with each state each state has their own rules, and regulations. Some states are going to have private um, um, exchanges or private marketplace where they'll have private insurance companies along with the federal government. Um, So therefore, every state's going to be different. Some policies are going to be available across state lines. Some of them won't. So there's a lot of things to learn within a navigator. A navigator will tell you what pertains to you. You don't have to worry about this. You don't have to worry about that. It has nothing to do with you. They're going to guide you in to make it easy and streamline it. That's the terminology you'll hear. Streamline an application so this way it's easy. It's all said and done, boom, and then you just wait for an answer out of all the policies that you will get approved for. So it's not going to be as hard as people think, uh, you know, once we get growing. Okay.
0: Now, now you're a healthcare broker. Um what what is the difference between a navigator and a healthcare broker because there're going to be a lot of different um, people or organizations out here um leading people um in different directions.
1: Okay, well, the main the main difference between a healthcare broker versus a navigator A healthcare broker is a licensed um, agent who's actually could lose their license, who went to classes, who learned about all the different insurance products that that state has to offer or multiple states have to offer. A navigator is a paid individual to direct you how to navigate through the government website to get to the exchanges. And then you can make your own decisions. They are not allowed to talk about health insurance um, because they're not insurance brokers. Um, But here again, they're going to try to make it simple for you to understand the exchange. A broker has a little bit of an advantage because a broker could tell you that maybe the exchange isn't the best thing for you. Maybe the individual insurance policy will be the best thing for you. Um, There's there's a lot of different types of programs out there that could actually help people, which most people aren't aware of today. Um, I've been doing this for 27 years, and you'd be surprised how many people that I know in the business that don't know certain policies exist. So it's an educational process, but a broker is more inclined to be upfront and honest with you because they could lose their license and their livelihood whereas a navigator it could be somebody in your in your church it could be somebody in your school somebody they're talking about people in um pharmacies and hospitals it could be anywhere it could be anybody there'll be a salary paid person just to navigate you to the site to help you and and for somebody who doesn't have access to a broker or can't get around and Trust somebody in their church or trust somebody in, in, their, in their community. It, that's the key, which I, I explained to Katrina, is that whoever you're going to deal with, you've got to trust that person. Um, they have to have an ethical background. Um, don't rush into decisions. As long as you can trust somebody, and as long as they have an ethical background, then the chances are you're going to be making the right decision. If you're talking to a stranger or talking to somebody with no credentials, then you, you gotta you gotta read between the lines sometimes, and it makes it a little bit harder to make a decision but you know here again, you have to rely on your your judgments as a human being it 's just like going to a doctor for the first time who do you trust? If you go to a mechanic, who do you trust it's the same thing with healthcare care you have to go to somebody that you could trust. The trust factor is gonna be big when it comes to healthcare care reform
0: okay. And I really appreciate um, the advice that you are giving us to take our time. You know, there's no rush to make a decision. You know, we should take our time and do our research to make sure that we are making the best decisions and the best choices that meet our needs.
1: I agree 100% with you. And even look at the background of some of the people. Um, If somebody doesn't want to give you their background information, I'd shy away from that person if, because if they don't want to give you the background information or even the, if they're an insurance agent, their license number, um, I wouldn't want to do business with them. And these are key questions you could ask people. Um, and that's why I, on my website and my company, I have the bio on myself because I want people to know who they're dealing with. My brokers, when they go out, they know people know who they're dealing with. Um, people across the country who are reputable. They give out that information, so those are key questions to ask people, and also how long they've been in the business. Um, you, you know, you don't want a pizza somebody selling pizza all of a sudden being a navigator helping you with health insurance, and that's going to happen, unfortunately, because the amount of people that are going to be going into the health exchange, they have they're going to need so many navigators, whether it be an insurance broker or a paid. Um, person to do it, that they're going to be hiring people and training them. As long as they pass the class to go through the navigations, they'll be able to teach you. So these are little things that that could help the individuals on the radio that are listening that could put them in a better place than other people.
0: Okay, and, and this is helping me as well because I, I hear you saying that a navigator uh only gives you information and, and leads you to the website and how to get on the website, how to how to register, where a broker can actually talk to you about the different um choices that are going to be available. Correct. Okay, okay, I got it. Now um would you please explain the health insurance marketplace because the market insurance marketplace is going to be another term that that we're going to be hearing a lot about.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Basically the insurance marketplace, they try to make it a friendly name so people don't get Confuse where it used to be called the exchange you can forget about the name exchange the exchange is being phased out they're not going to be using that word in the future marketplace everybody can relate to going to the supermarket or going to any type of marketplace to buy something now think of Expedia think of Priceline uh, think of Orbitz I'm all sure all of you have heard about Orbitz Priceline Expedia When you go to these sites, okay, you have multiple airlines to choose or hotels and car rentals at one particular site. The marketplace, to put it in a nutshell, is going to be the Expedia or the Travelocity or the Priceline of the insurance industry. Okay? You're going to be able to see all your choices. You're going to be able to make a decision. You'll see all the different prices. And this way, it makes your life a lot easier. You don't have to guess you'll see everything in black and white. I think that explains it as best as i can
0: <laughs> okay, okay all right now um will these plans um have to compete with um with the consumers business- for the consumers' business these different um companies that are going to be on the marketplace will they have to will they be competing for our our business?
1: Well, as a seasoned uh, consultant of 27 years, it's left to be desired to this. uh, I I can't give you an honest answer, only because it's, yes, that we compete to a certain degree. Um, Depending on enrollment into each um, program will depend on, If a company wants to stay in business, to stay out of the business. It's similar to senior supplements. Senior supplements, people come and go out of the business. They pull in one state, they come out of one state, but they'll always have another insurance carrier to go to. Um, What's going to happen is it's going to create in the beginning some competition, but if if they find that their claims to premiums are high and above than what they're getting paid in, they're going to go out of business. If they go out of business, they have one choice. They can either raise their rates where they won't be competitive or pull out of that state. So, But then again, on the flip side of the coin, somebody who doesn't have a lot of claims, they could lower their rate. And then actually, if they lower their rate by law, they have to get you a refund. If it's less than 80% of the premium, by law, they have to give you a refund back on your premium, which is interesting.
0: Hmm. Wow. Let me ask you, um uh, Gregory, is this a good time to talk about the different types of in in a very general, in a very generic way, um talk about the different types of um plans that are going to be offered. I, we talked about it, and then I heard somebody else talking about it um yesterday or maybe even today. The the gold plan and the silver plan and you know is this an appropriate time to kind of mention this sure we it? can
1: we can go into that um, basically you're going to have four plans that are going to be available nationwide um, besides the private the private insurance carriers will still be out there the other insurance companies will still be out there but for the exchanges which is the guaranteed rates that you can get subsidies and tax credits and save money these plans are going to be In four categories, it's going to be a catastrophic plan, you're going to have a bronze plan, a silver plan, and a gold plan. Bronze plan um, is the low end on the pole, but the catastrophic plan is for people who can't afford anything else but want to have insurance. Um, The silver plan is going to be the average plan for the average human being um, who has a, a medium income, and the gold plan, of course, is going to be the best. What's the difference in the four plans? What, if you have a doctor bill and you go to the doctor for the first time, it's a hundred dollars. The doctor bill, or say a thousand dollars, we'll round it up to a thousand. And you had like maybe a little bit of a, a broken foot, and they had to get replaced, uh, set. And that thousand dollar bill under a catastrophic plan, you're going to be responsible for forty percent of the cost, or four hundred dollars. Okay. okay. Under the bronze plan, you're going to be responsible for 30% or $300. On the silver plan, you're be responsible for 20% or $200. And on the gold plan, you're going to be responsible for 10% or $100. So it's designed for every budget has a plan. Every budget has the same identical coverage. It's just a matter how much you have to lay out as a person out of your pocket there's not going to be differential in uh, on the policies everything's going to be a standard policy so the a plan is the same as the b plan which is same as the C plan which is same as the catastrophic plan all three all four plans are going to be the same the only difference is how they pay out the claim and the benefits that's the only difference okay now there is deductibles and there are caps but right now Again, this has changed three times in the last, I'd say, six or seven months. So, to give you an honest answer right now, I cannot give you an honest. Right now, it's set as an individual. Your catastrophic out-of-pocket would be sixty-two hundred dollars, and for a family, it would be about twelve thousand five hundred dollars. That's today. Um, right. You can quote on it for today. Tomorrow, it could change because they have changed several times. So, that's today.
0: Okay, all right. Um, and a lot of people, I've, I've, you know, I heard that a lot of people are up in arms because they think that they're going to have to take it. Is that true? Is everybody going to have to take this, or is it no? You don't have to, buy, you know, buy into this. Is that true? Or?
1: Well, it, it's it. They're requiring everybody to take it by law. And this is one of the controversies that's out there. And if you don't take it by law, um, you have to pay a a penalty on your tax return at the end of the year. Um, That penalty on an individual basis is $95, uh, which works out to about $8 a month if you want to break it down to dollars and cents. But that's instead of paying uh, maybe a $2,000, $3,000 premium that you may have to lay out. So for some young people, it may be worth it. Um, families, in the same case, it could be up to 1% of the household income. So 1%, if the household income's $40,000, it could be $400. Uh, or getting into a different type of insurance policy that may have a higher deductible but save you money on your premiums. So that's where an insurance agent or broker can guide you based on your income and what you qualify What's best for you? Um, the exchanges, I'll tell you right off the bat, for an individual with a pre existing condition, the exchanges are the way for these people to go. They have no, people who've had heart conditions, diabetic one, with insulin, um, any type of major diseases, liver diseases, cancer. That's what this plan is going to be helping those people dramatically out. Um, the catastrophic plans and the exchange plan bronze, they're interchangeable with Medicaid. So people that are, qualify for Medicaid will also be able to qualify for the exchange plans as well. So it's it's it's, it's interchangeable. So in that respect it, it gives you a little bit more overview of what's available to you. Um I don't know if I went off the beaten path a little bit, but, no, no. but I'm
0: Trying to explain as
1: easy as I can.
0: No, it's good, and you know, and this is this, um, you know, this is so new that for all of us, it's, it's going to take time and us to hear it over and over again for it to, you know, for it to really stick. And plus, it's changing. It's it's changing because it, how how it's going to be rolled out is not exactly in stone. So, yeah. well,
1: let me, let me let me interject there. Um, mm-hmm any any government program that we've had in the past when we put first put medicare in and we put uh senior um, advantage programs in they didn't happen overnight it takes a while there's a growing it's a growing um, um period um there's going to be trials and tribulations you're going to have your ups and downs you're going to have your problems the software is going to break down there's things are going to happen it, it's inevitable um people just have to uh, not worry about it and know that they'll be taken care of. And that's the most important thing. Um, while we're going through these growing pains, these things will be taken care of and the public will be t- taken care of because you have to understand th- this act was made to help people, not to hurt people. Um, how much it's going to help people, that remains to be seen. How much, If it's, it's going to hurt anybody, we don't know. But there's always options out there. Um, but like I said, it, it's it's. The whole idea of what we're doing is is exciting, um, it, but it's going to have its ups and downs, and I'll tell you right up front. Right now, it's having its ups and downs, and it hasn't even started. So um, it gives you like a little bit of a prelude before we get involved. But that's the reason why I'm here is to help you know ease the pain and ease the um, the scariness that people are sitting on the fence, waiting and waiting and and. You know, that's why I'm here.
0: Okay. Well, we thank you. Um, Now, there's a bit of controversy over the Affordable Care Act or the uh, Obama Care Act. Some people seem to believe that too much information um, is going to be collected and privacy won't be honored. What type of information is gathered, and and why is it necessary?
1: Okay. Uh, To make it simple and sweet, it's, there's, a, there's an abbreviation called PII, and it stands for personal ID information. When any, when anybody goes on with a navigator or an insurance broker to get their information on their medical plans that are available to them, they have to give their personal ID and information as well as tax returns to the government or working in conjunction with the IRS, to make sure to see what you qualify. And that's very important because your qualifications for your subsidies and the money you'll be getting back, whether it's a tax credit or money directly, will be based on your household gross income or individual gross income, not net income. A lot of people were misled to believe that was going to be their net income. So people who are making fifty thousand dollars a year, but they only made five thousand dollars a year, it's not going to be based on the five thousand. It's going to be based on the fifty thousand. So that means they wouldn't qualify for a subsidy. So those people, are, they're going to hurt because you know if they're really only making five thousand dollars a year, and and they they don't get a subsidy, they're going to have to lay out the full price. But the personal history, the personal ID information. Um, they're trying everything in their power to make it so secure that any anybody who's found violating it will be getting jail time or they'll be getting, they'll lose a license or there'll be major repercussions. Um, it's being treated like the mortgage industry where mortgage industry, when you buy a house, you have to give personal information. Um, so it's similar to that. That would be the easiest way I could um, compare it. But unfortunately, if you need, if you want to get a tax credit or uh, a, a what do you call it, money back reimbursed, you're going to have to give that information. There's no way around it.
0: Okay. All right. Since all Americans will pay into the Affordable Care Act, um, the insurance exchange will pool buying power, allowing individuals to afford private insurance plans. What what does this mean?
1: Okay. <clears throat> the whole idea and the premise about having this Affordable Act is that there are many people who elect not to have insurance in the United States. Uh, mostly men and young kids. Uh, they feel that they're invincible. They don't need health insurance. They don't need it, and that's it, period. So what happens is, is that by putting this new health care reform system into play, and having them take out insurance they're gonna they'll in turn offset the claims for the people who are older who have major claims and also the people who have pre existing conditions. That was the whole idea about pooling the money because you, if you get a million people, young kids that have maybe a hundred dollars worth of bills a year but they're laying out two thousand dollars a year, that creates money and funds to help paying for that senior who needs a a half-a-million-dollar surgery or a three-quarter-million-dollar surgery. That's the concept of pooling. Now, depending on who gets involved in each exchange will affect the prices on each exchange. So to make it simple, if you have a lot of young people, your rates are going to go down. If you don't have a lot of young people and you have a lot of older people on the plan, the rates are going to go up. And because... If, if the rates, if your claims exceed the money you're pulling in, you basically go bankrupt. So, therefore, they have to raise the rates. So, pooling does help, but here's the good news for everybody that's out there is that if your rates go up, guess what? There's another company you can go on open enrollment. You can go to another company that the rates are low. So, you'll be every year on open enrollment, you'll be able to switch to another insurance carrier that has lower rates. So you'll always be able to shop the marketplace. Again, going like to your Expedia, just like you're flying on a vacation every year, every October through December, you can shop the marketplace and see who's the best policy around. I know we don't like to do it every year. A lot of people like to stay with the same carrier every year. But these are the things that, going forward, we'll have to do to save money. Hopefully that answered that.
0: You did. Thanks. Okay. Um, what what is, a, what is a health tax credit? You talked a little bit about tax credits.
1: Okay. There's two ways to get money from the government to help you with your health care premiums. Um, one way is the tax credit. A tax credit is a credit that will be given to you at the end of the calendar year based on your income and that tax credit will give you a tax deduction on your tax return, mainly for people making a higher income, okay? Uh, for people that are in the poverty area or, in, or 400, up to 400% of the poverty area, they could apply for a federal subsidy instead of a tax credit. The federal subsidy can reduce your rate of your premium as low as zero. So you could pay 100% of the premium down to zero, which would be like Medicaid. That's hmm. where it almost equals Medicaid. So the subsidy is going to help the people with the low income, and the people that have the higher income, the tax credits will ha- help those people. So th- that's the two definitions of the two plans. Um, depending on your income, will depend on whether you get a tax credit or a federal subsidy.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, now you went over this a little bit and um and as we're talking um I, I just want to make the disclaimer that um as we're talking they're in legislation, you know, making making changes and and mm-hmm. um you know, trying to uh you know, come out with a definite uh plan or at least roll out a definite plan to to the people. So nothing's in stone right now. But I was reading an article um, in the National Weekly, uh, September 26th through October 2nd, which is a – I'm in South Florida. So this is a Caribbean American newspaper. And, you know, it was saying that based on uh, registration, the marketplace insurance premiums are determined to be 16% lower than originally estimated. Hmm. Um the article states that nationally the average monthly uh individual premium is estimated to cost $328 before tax credits. Um now I know that you don't necessarily speak to the statistics uh, specifically but on average what is meant by individuals qualify and you, you oh, so you just kind of talk to this individuals qualifying for federal subsidies, or tax credits. So you're a little bit ahead of me. Um, Correct. And sorry. is it based on <laughs> income? It's <laughs> okay. And is it based on income? So it is income-based. Mm-hmm. And you you did a really great job of explaining to us. Well, here's he,
1: he an important thing to understand, uh, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to burst any bubbles here, but there's two key words in that article that can make a huge difference. That's why I don't want people, when they read something, To take it as rule or as law. Um, They said the national average monthly individual premium and the estimated cost to be 328. Those two key words could that make that 328, 528, 228, 620. It gives them the availability to change that number to whatever number they want. I, I just want to make you aware of that. It's only an estimate and it's based on an average monthly premium, and based on the statistics they have today, the statistics they may have in January could change all this. Um, before tax credits, like I explained to you, that 328, if somebody is in the poverty, um, poverty income area, that 328 could go down to zero. They don't have to pay a dime, um, which is the good news. even if it's 500 dollars, go down to zero. Because they're in that in that in that in that what do you call it, in that area? So there there is good news for people there. I mean, don't get scared by these numbers. They even shouldn't even put these numbers in because they're all going to be changing
0: yeah. based
1: on zip code where you're located, based on the state. Uh, it's based on whether you smoke or not. Smoker rates are going to have different rates than regular non-smoker rates. Um, It's going to be based on how many people are in the family, if you have a family. um, The rates aren't set in stone. So everybody's rates, you could be down the block from, uh, um, Bob could live down the block from Sally, and one could be a female, one could be a male. They could be the same age. One smokes and one doesn't smoke. The rate could be $100 difference a month for the same identical plan. So there's a lot of variables. That's why... With the marketplace, when you go online, they're going to make it easy for you to see what you qualify straight across the board. And it's going to make it simple. You don't have to try to figure out. An agent's not going to have to try to figure it out. It's all going to be automatically done for you. And, and that's it. You just pick out the, the best plan that you feel that fits your needs and that your pocketbook. Because uh, everybody's pocketbook's different. Okay, and everybody's Mm -hmm. needs is different. And one other factor, which a lot of people aren't aware of, is that not all the physicians will be participating in these these exchanges, which is um, a a main main um, concern. Uh, About maybe sixty to sixty-five percent of doctors have agreed to participate in the plans as well, same as hospitals. So people who are used to private insurance company programs that are out there and they're used to going to their doctor, if their doctor does not participate in the exchange, they will have zero coverage. They'll have to pick a new doctor and a new hospital go to, which is -hmm. is a big thing to know. Um, I know that that wasn't one of the questions you had, but I think it's important for people to know that. So if they want to do some homework, if anybody has out there has a doctor that they specifically use, they may want to ask their doctor, "What should I do?" Because if they're comfortable with that doctor and they've been seeing that doctor for five years or ten years, and you want to keep that doctor, you're gonna you want to find what's the best avenue, and they could guide you to tell you where to go and how to go. If your doctor is in an exchange. Or whether they're not in exchange, but that's an important question that you may want to ask in the coming weeks or months ahead.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. Yes, and you know somebody asked me a question today, and and I told him don't quote me, and I'm glad I, I made that disclaimer because I didn't have it right. But I was I was that this little this little um, example is what I was trying to explain to them. Uh, another some examples of what we were talking about that this article gave was that, and this is just an example um, mm-hmm. in Miami, uh, a 27 year old making twenty five thousand annually would incur a two hundred eighteen a uh, dollar monthly premium or one hundred forty five with a tax credit if the resident accepts the lowest um, cost plan. And I didn't mention the word tax credit, but when I mentioned those numbers, you know, the person I was talking to was like, "That's not a deal, <laughs> you know, that's not a deal." Twenty-seven, you know, if a person's making twenty-five thousand dollars, that you know, that's that's no money, and you know, that, you, that's you, a- you
1: I I don't mean to interrupt you, Katrina, mm-hmm. but that that's a mm-hmm. very very astute or important um, observation you made. Um, a lot of people don't realize what a tax credit is versus a subsidy. Subsidy gets you money up front. Tax credit means that, guess what? That young 27-year-old has to lay out $218 a month, but will get a credit at the end of the year. A subsidy would mean that if it was the same amount of money, he'd be paying $145 up front instead of the 218 it's a big difference for somebody who's 27 years old, especially when they, they're out buying a car, putting food on the table, buying clothes. Um, the difference of $200 a month uh, premium versus nothing right now. Some of them don't even have coverage. So to go up to $200 a month is a major you know, change for them. That's that's ten almost 10% of their income. Yeah, Actually, it is 10%. It is. If you break it down, it is 10% of their income.
0: Yeah, that's what so was that, that's, Ouch. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yes, I agree 100. percent But on the, on the flip side of the coin, uh, you know, if they if they do qualify for a tax subsidy, then they can bring it down to zero. Um, but the right now, the, the government has changed this a couple of times. But the penalty is ninety five dollars for the first year. Um, they're talking about getting rid of that, and in the process right now, that ninety five dollar penalty and give nobody any penalties. Um, If it is $95, here again, that 27-year-old who's perfectly healthy, who's not used to having health insurance, they may elect to pay that $95 instead of laying out $2,500 a year for health insurance. Now, what does that do? That will affect the exchange rates for the older people. Remember, I explained to you the younger people are supposed to offset the older people, but the younger people decide to pay the tax um, penalty or the tax a fee, as they now change the terminology, therefore, guess what? The premiums are going to go up for the older people. So we don't know. There's a lot of mystery here yet. There's a lot of uncertainty that that's why there's nothing set in stone because you can't predict what's going to happen. Um, my personal experience over the years um, just dealing with people, and i 'm sure everybody out there knows the same thing is that men and young men tend to believe they 're never going to be sick. <laughs> they tend to believe that they 're in fat, you know they 're going to be healthy for the rest of their lives so they, and they don 't like going to doctors they I have a feeling a lot of them will not take up medical insurance for that reason, so how that 's going to affect the the exchanges, I have no idea. Okay. And that's that's the that's the million dollar question right there.
0: Right, right. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I am taking an ethics class and this uh form of uh this this form of health care, it just reminds me of um distributive justice, you know, it's it's, it's interesting. <laughs> Real interesting. Um it is. now uh how does the Affordable Care Act affect small business owners?
1: Well, I tell you, if if you have 25 employees or under, that's considered a small business owner, okay? And your average income of all your employees excluding the owners, just the employees is under $50,000 a year, they will get some sort of either tax credit or money to offset their premiums, which but the employees have to pay half their premium. Okay, so if an employee's premium is three hundred dollars, they have to pay a hundred and fifty of the three hundred. Okay, and they will get some sort of tax credit to offset that premium. On the flip side of the coin, if they have a family, unfortunately the family would have to pay For their coverage unless they fall into again a tax credit situation or a tax subsidy situation so it gets a little complicated a little bit more complicated but that's where the accountants come in and and it's there's different formulas and that's where you have to sit down with your employer and actually go one by one and go over what's available for you but the way it stands right now if you have a small business there's there's a good chance you'll get some sort of subsidy as far as money back as long as the incomes are low, or are average low, um, back to the company and that will offset the individual's um, cost.
0: Interesting. Hmm. Okay, and, and that's interesting to know that as an employee um, working for a small business owner, I may I may I may or may not elect to take. You know the plan of the owner, but then my family may be on a different plan. Correct. Because of the options mm-hmm. that are available, uh, okay. And, and
1: believe it or not, we do that every day. Uh, um, there is a lot okay. of places where where people, if they have to go on their employer plan with their family, there uh, it could be over a thousand dollars a month. I could yeah. get them an individual plan for maybe four or five hundred dollars a month. So I save that employee. Six hundred dollars a month, so a lot but a lot of people aren't aware of these situations, so and they'd rather let their family go without insurance where maybe are for three four hundred dollars a month, they can cover the whole family instead of a thousand, so or even less sometimes it's even less than that. you get a young family, it could be a couple hundred dollars two three hundred dollars I can cover a whole family okay. so here again that's where a licensed insurance agent could give you these um, options whereas a navigator cannot. So these are the little things the terminologies you may want to look into, uh, your audience should look into because you know, you get a more realistic view of what your options are.
0: Okay. Now again, I was um, you know, there are a lot of articles out um about the Affordable Care Act and I happen to be reading an article, a couple of articles or a couple of articles out of a couple of national weekly magazines a local newspaper here in south florida um uh geared toward uh caribbean and uh uh americans and you know what I read was that these these are supposed to be the benefits of of obamacare uh the purpose is to provide affordable health care for all Americans. Um, put individuals, families, and small business owners in control of their own health care, reduce costs of premiums to millions of families and small businesses, and provide billions of dollars in tax relief. This is going to be um, the largest middle-class tax cut for health care in history. A Competitive insurance marketplace, all Americans will be able to choose their insurance out of these plans. All Americans will have the same access to the same care through the Affordable Care Act. It helps to ensure that all Americans receive quality care. Insurance companies can't deny coverage based off of pre-existing medical conditions. The Affordable Care Act extends Medicaid in some states, not Florida, it preserves CHIP, which is Successful Children Insurance Plan, and is supposed to simplify the enrollment process for Medicaid and CHIP in the states where it applies. The Affordable Care Act uh, provides community-based care for disabled Americans and provides states the opportunity to expand home care services for people with long-term care needs, the Affordable Care Act treats all states equally and gives them flexibility to adopt strategies to improve care in coordination with Medicare and Medicaid beneficiaries. States that will have states will uh, states that, that uh, states that it will have that it will save the taxpayers money by reducing prescription drug costs and payments to subsidize care for uninsured Americans, gives all Americans access to health insurance, greatly increasing the number of Americans who have health care, improves the quality and efficiency of health care, preserves, protects, and reforms Medicare, closes the coverage gap, which is the donut hole, for drug costs for seniors, Healthcare institutions and professionals will be incentivized to improve health care, provides additional health care to rural Americans, people will be healthier before getting on Medicare, reducing Medicare's need to pay hospitals to care for uninsured patients, transparency and program integrity. And the Affordable Care Act uh, focuses on keeping Americans informed about health care. And then the last bullet is that doctor-patient relationships are strengthened by a cutting-edge medical research and access to more data to allow doctors and patients to make the decisions that work best for them. So those are supposed to be the, the benefits of um, the Affordable Care Act, and you know, we'll see. <laughs> you know, we'll see. You know, that that's the best that we can say is that we'll see.
1: I want to ask you, I agree you with quick. you. I agree with you. And uh, you know what? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's it's a great outline. It's a great concept. Um, and like you said, the, the big words is it remains to be seen. Hopefully, if we got if we got seventy five percent of this to get done. We're winners, you know. It, 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 I mean, this is a big wish list. I mean, there's problems with some of the things that you've said, but it, it's a big wish list. If we can get 75% done, America wins, and everybody wins. So, uh, you know, I'm rooting for it. I'm hoping it goes through. Um, like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of hurdles yet, and a lot of like challenges. Said, but right now, I just I want your audience to be sit in this seat and say that we're trying to do what's best for you out there. Um not just me, but you know the the government, um brokers, the insurance industry, we're trying to do what's best for America. Uh, whether we could do it all in one swoop, <laughs> it's going to be a hard okay. undertaking. It May take 4 or 5 years to do it. A Medicare didn't happen overnight. Um so but but like I said, it's a start. Okay. And that's the main thing.
0: All right. Um, I want to ask you, what are the challenges of the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare that, that, that
1: you see? Well, here again, I, I may have mentioned a few of the things earlier. Um, the mm-hmm. biggest one of the biggest problems that I foresee from being in the business is participation. Um, <sighs> if you don't get people to participate who are young and healthy, it's not going to work. Um, these people have to be able to um, go, come into the plan and bring dollars into the system to help offset the people with pre-existing conditions and the people that are sick. Second part is the economy. The economy plays a huge part. Um, I mean, you look at some of the companies that are uh, the big corporations that, because they can't afford the health care now, they're Knocking down the hours of full-time people to part-time hours, so that they have to go out and get their own health insurance, and a lot of these people living paycheck to paycheck. When you when you knock somebody's hours down to from forty to thirty or twenty-eight hours, and and they're living paycheck to paycheck, and then they have to go out and buy health care on their own, how could they afford it? So that that's another issue that that I see that that's looming in the in the dark. Um, medical costs are rising. Um, they're not going down. You still have the lawyers out there. They're suing people left and right. The lawyers are getting rich. and there's, That's one of my be- biggest pet peeves is the, if the lawyers, if we could control the lawyers in the United States, our health care costs would go down dramatically because the amount of lawsuits that are out there that people being awarded are ridiculous when you hear some of the numbers. Um, and, and the other part is that there's two other parts that – Come to my attention would be uh, the enrollment the enrollment process could be smooth or could be chaotic um if they take their time it'll be a smooth transition if the, everybody tries to rush it would be like it'd be like um what do they call that Black Friday when everybody goes to Walmart or the stores to buy buy see everything on sale well, this could be. Healthcare reform, everybody's calling up. You're going to get millions of people calling up for health insurance and calling up and asking. The phone shut down. The Internet could overload. That could happen. Um, and it, it has happened with the insurance companies that I've dealt with in the past. So on this magnitude, it could happen. Um, and then the other major problem is the IRS. Because now you're bringing in the IRS involved in with the medical industry. How the IRS will be able to enforce everything, to enforce collect the money because there's a lot of people who don't pay bills for the IRS. There's a lot of people who owe the money IRS. So, you know, it's hard enough to, for them to collect money just from people who owe money to the IRS. Now, to collect a penalty or a fee on top of that, that's and that's the money that's needed to fund this operation, that could be another major problem as well. Um, but, like I said, I'm an optimist, not a pessimist. And, like Mm -hmm. I said, if we can get this started at some capacity, it's a start.
0: Yeah. And And there's always... I'm sorry, sorry. Gregory. No, I was going to say, there's always two sides of a coin.
1: So, you you know, we have
0: to know the the pros and the cons.
1: Oh, yeah. And, And, like I said, everything... If everything goes through as planned, it'd be a beautiful thing. Um... But it's just like building a house. When you build a house from scratch, you run into problems. You know, it, it, Somebody didn't do something right and something falls apart here. Electrician didn't do something right. Electrical work didn't work. Uh, plumber, all of a sudden there's a leak somewhere. The roof, all of a sudden you've got a roof and a leak. You never know. Or you could build that perfect house and it stays up forever. Hopefully we're mm. going to build that perfect house and it stays up forever. That's my That's my philosophy.
0: All right. Gregory, um, what last words would you like to offer consumers about this process?
1: Um, basically, like I explained earlier, don't rush into anything. Um, there's plenty of time. Um, I know some people are there without insurance right now, but um, there are plans out there that if you can get insurance for the time being, if nothing happens, Take Always get insurance is better than having no insurance. I always tell people that. Even if it's catastrophic or if it pays 50% of your claims, it's better to have some sort of insurance than nothing. Um, so don't rush. Find your time. Learn. Find somebody who's trustworthy. Like I mentioned before, three words, trustworthy, F experience, experience. And an ethical background, you can't lose. If somebody you deal with has those three categories, you're going to be in good hands. And yeah. that, that, that's in anything that I do. I've been a businessman for 27 years. Those three categories, I look in everybody I speak to. And as a as a mentor and speaking to people and as an advisor, I tell people that all the time. Whether it's me, whoever you talk to, you have to look for those three categories. It's hard; it's not easy. You may be talking to a few people, or, or get a referral from her people here and there. But those three, you have to be able to trust. You have to be able to, you know, have an ethical background, and you have to have somebody who knows what they're talking about. You know, it's com- yeah. to me, it's common sense. But unfortunately, we a lot of us get wrapped up into emotions and do things by the fly of the hip and they don't we don't think sometimes and I'm I'm one of them. I can admit. I do think sometimes that I should have thought it out, but, you know, hey, we we're all human. Right,
0: right. Wow, well I want to I wanna thank you for coming on today and making this um affordable uh health care or this um affordable care act understandable.
1: Well, thank you for having me, and I really appreciate it. I hope hope your audience, I help your audience out there. I'm, I'm, you know, I, that's what I'm here for. Um, you met me in person, you know how how I'm like. Um, the people who work with me, the affiliate with me, we're, we're ed, more educators than we are um, salespeople. We're out here to help people, and if it's sometimes... A lot I'm not say sometimes, but fifty percent of the time we tell people to stay with what they have, if they have something that's good because you know you know what it's it's doing right by people which which is what makes people successful, and that's what I believe
0: yes now um Gregory, even though I am going to post your um information on my resource on my website under resources um you know, would you like to give your website address?
1: Sure. Um, like like um, Katrina mentioned, our name of the company is called Healthcare Insurance Solutions of America. To make it easy, <laughs> because it's a long words, we made it H-I-S-A healthcare.com. So it's www.H as in Harry, I is in igloo. S is a Sam, A is an Apple, Healthcare. Dot com.
0: Thank you, and I am going to post your website information on uh, Prosperity Life Care, uh, Prosperity Life Coach website under Resources.
1: All right, Gregory. I can I, want I mention to one more thing? Can I mention one, more, one last thing? Uh, for, for all the audience people that are out there. Um, My firm does something unique. We give away a free drug discount card for people that we can save up to 75 to 80% off prescriptions in some cases. I use it myself. Um, I I had a $50 copay on a prescription, and my $50 prescription went down to $26 using my own card. So we give it away free on our website, so anybody who has prescriptions or need prescriptions Uh, i've been telling people for the last three years if you save ten dollars twenty dollars thirty dollars on a prescription that's a meal to me and or it's a meal for a family um so it's free you just go onto our website you could download the card um, and use it that day and if you want to use it in the future, they'll they'll mail you out a card to your house, as well as three other cards for your family members to use, and that's free of charge. We have no cost for us. It's just for you know listen, listening to us and, and giving us time to speak.
0: Well, thank you so much for that. Thank Not you. Not a Jeffrey. problem. Okay, we want to thank you, our listening audience, for tuning in to another edition of positively affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness, challenges and solutions. I am your host, Katrina Jones, prosperity life coach of Satari Life Skills Institute where we teach women how to create positive shifts in their work-life balance so they can become the directors of their own life stories. If you'd like more information and coaching resources, please visit my website at prosperitylifecoach.com and join us every Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Bring a friend and share the prosperity. All right. Abundant blessings, everyone. Gregory, you have a great week. You too. Thank you. Thank you you for having me. You're welcome.
1: Don't mess with Mr. In Between.
0: Don't mess with Mr. In
1: Between.